Today, uh, I want to share three ways that we need to reach. My message this morning is greater reach. Three ways that we need to reach in order for us to ultimately achieve greater things um, as, as a body of Christ. So the first one is this, reach up. That's the first thing regarding greater reach that we need to do is reach up. Psalm 42 and verse, <clears throat> excuse me, Psalm 40 verse 2 says this. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Now, how many of you, when I read that verse, you start to sing an old hymn in your mind? Does anybody else do that? Okay, I got like three of you are old with me. Thank you very much. Um, but that's, that was an old hymn of the church was taken from that, that verse. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. That's, that is something that, that we have a hope that, that no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter how far it seems that we are away from God, God can reach you. God can reach me. No matter how, how far we may feel from him, there's no place that we can go. There, there's nowhere we can run where we can outrun God's reach. God can reach you. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like you are far from God, to begin to reach out to him even now. You say, Pastor, how can I how can I reach out to God? I want to share just a few things with you about how you can reach out to God. Okay, here's number one. And you know what? You can use this uh, in your own life. You can use this with others that you may be talking to uh, about reaching out to God. Number one is you need to admit, okay? Um, and, and this is the very first step in reaching out to God, but it may actually be the hardest. And you know how I know that? Because I'm married. That's how I know that. Sometimes in a marriage relationship, admitting is the hardest is the hardest step. And you know what? That's really the first step. And so I want to, well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Um, so we need to admit that we can't do it all on our own. Does that ring a bell with anybody? How many of you can do it all on your own? Well, you guys are paying attention. How many of you would want to be able to do it all on your own? Well, one or two hands, yeah. Some serious honesty here in the church this morning. I really like that. Let me think up another question. No, I'm teasing. It's really difficult, tremendously difficult for some of us to do that, and we only want to admit that we can't do it all as an absolute last resort, and it can really pain us to do that. But reaching up to God begins when we admit something very specifically, okay? And it's not, Lord, I can't handle my kids on my own today, okay? That husband that you gave me really needs to help out right now. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Really, and, 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 and I think we really fall into that, stuff like that, okay? But it's, it's admitting that I'm a sinner. Admitting 
admitting that there's that I was born this way, there, that, that in and of myself there is nothing that I can do about my sin. I fall short of God's glory. I, I, God is a, is a God of perfection, and I'm not perfect. I am a sinner, and, and that is just the truth of the matter, and I admit it. And we think, you know, well, for some of us we say, well, that's not very hard for me to admit. For others, it's just as hard to admit that as it is for a husband to admit to his wife that he was wrong. I'm, I'm just being honest, okay? It is really, I mean, for some of us, we, we don't want to admit that we're wrong. And when it comes to admitting that, that, that we've sinned, that we are a sinner, for some that is incredibly difficult, but yet that's what we ultimately need to do. And with it, our acknowledgement that the, the price for my sin, okay? Sin is, it's not, just, um, it's, it's not just arbitrary, okay? It's not just there and, okay, no big deal. There's a price for our sin. And the price for our sin is death. The wages, the Bible says, for our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, it's, it's not, sin is not just a thing that exists. There's a price to pay for sin. And so when we finally come to that place, when we're reaching out to God and we're able to admit that we are sinners, we are also admitting that there's a price for my sin and that price is ultimately death. And it's only then that we can accept God's free gift of forgiveness and salvation that specifically come through Jesus and his blood. It doesn't come through my own good works. It doesn't come um, through any ritual. It doesn't come through any other prophet. It only comes through Jesus Christ and through his blood. We've got to admit that. Ephesians chapter 2, I've read it to you many times, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. From the moment of our salvation and throughout our lives, we need to understand that we need him because we can't do it on our own, and we hate to admit such shortcomings in our lives, whether it's in our past or whether it's right now. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthian church, he gives us some really great insight on admitting our faults and our failures, whether past or present. Look at what he says, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 8. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me, meaning a thorn in the flesh, he said earlier. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly, this is Paul, about my weakness. Paul boasted about his weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecution, in difficulty. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul had the understanding that when we come to Christ and when we admit that we fall short of the mark, that through the blood of Jesus, we are made strong in Jesus. We start out by admitting. Admitting that we need God. Admitting. You may not want to do that, but we need to do that in order to reach up. Number two is submit. 
Now, it may not be socially acceptable now, um, but when I was a kid and we couldn't settle an argument between us, my dad had a sort of a solution to that. That was, pro- you know, like I said, it's not socially acceptable. Um, and it was, we had to wrestle, okay? We're going to wrestle it out. And this morning I was listening to a, a message online, uh, and, and the, the, this, is, this is crazy. The pastor that was preaching said when he was a kid, his mother used to have a solution when they had fi- uh, an argument, and she would give them boxing gloves, Okay. <laughs> And they had to go from the neck down. It, was all, it had to all be body blows, okay? Nothing to the head. Um, so I felt really good. I felt like, thank you, Lord. You just sort of validated my whole childhood and the story that I'm going to tell this morning. Um, and, and so inevitably, the argument would be between my brother Dan and myself, okay? Now, I love my brother Dan. We, we talk all the time. My wife teases me that we're really a couple of women, okay? We talk all the time, okay? That's right, honey. We, we talk all the time, and, but when we were kids, okay, he, he is a, he's, was a conniving middle child, okay? And I was that pure as the driven snow oldest child. And, and so we would, my dad would get so sick and tired of the bickering and the fighting, and he would say, all right, get out here in the living room, okay? Now, we didn't have like soft, you know, um, shag carpet or anything like that. It was that sculptured stuff that you'd get like rug burns on real bad, and, and we would have to fight. Now, I'm a year and 10 months older than Dan, and so I was a little bit bigger than Dan was, and so eventually I could work my way around to getting him in a headlock, and I mean his face would be turning beet red, and I would have him right where I wanted him, and I would just say, say, uncle, come on, give. Is that, is that what you guys, do you guys use words like that, give or uncle? And I would just be squeezing on him, right? And I had him and he couldn't move. And I'm telling you something, that kid would never say give. I am not, I, and I am not kidding you. He never said give. And he knew that he couldn't get out. He would never t- submit. I want you to understand something, that God is not like that with you and I. If you don't want to submit to him, he's not going to put you in a headlock on the living room floor and make your face turn red until you give in. That's not how he works. If you don't want to submit to him, he gives you the freedom of your own will. Now, eventually, there's a price to pay. But right now, today, he'll let you not submit to him. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? We need to submit ourselves to God. James says in James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I love 1 Samuel, this is, and this is hardcore. 1 Samuel 15, 23, for rebellion is as the sin of divination. Rebellion is merely the opposite of submission. You might think, no, 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 wait, wait. The opposite of submission is doing nothing at all. 
And I'm sorry, but that's not how it is with God. You are either in submission to Him or you are in rebellion. Okay? Are you with me? There is no middle ground. We are either in submission to Him or we are in rebellion. And rebellion is the very opposite of submission. When we submit to God, we yield to His authority. When we are not submitted to God, we are not yielded to His authority. We are in rebellion to His authority. So when we refuse to submit to God, we're unable to reach up to Him for help. Number three, commit. We need to recommit ourselves, and I'm specifically going to focus on just the Word of God here for a moment. But in John chapter 6, there's a lot of people that were following Jesus. They start deserting him because of his challenging words, and Jesus asks Peter, do you want to leave too? And I love Peter's answer where he says this, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. No, we're not there yet. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I got 12 minutes left. Point, point three of the main points. Wow, how do I get back on track now? I have no idea. We need to commit ourselves to God's word. Let's do that. It, it, committing ourselves to God's word. The Bible is a light for our feet. It's, it's, it's a, a light unto our path, the path of our lives. It teaches us who God is. It reveals his plan to our lives. It keeps us from sin. It renews our mind in a confused world. It washes us clean. God's word needs to be a consistent part of our lives if we're going to reach up. When we say, I want to reach up, how do I reach up? It has to include God's word. There is no way that I can say it any clearer than that. If we are followers of Christ, if we are reaching up to God, it needs to include his word. I'll take an amen there. That's all right. Number four is transmit. See, I use words that all sounded the same there. What does that word transmit mean? It means simply that we, we can communicate and talk with God. And it just very simply, it's prayer. Now, I want to encourage you, okay? This, you know, I, I, okay, I'll quickly I'll admit, um, there, I, there are some sci-fi movies that I like, and one of them is, the, is Transformers, okay? I know it's not, it's not the cartoon from when you were a kid, but it's the movie, and, and I kind of like it. And actually, Optimus Prime lives on uh, US 35, just north of Menominee along Lake Michigan, okay? Because every time we drive by it, we see the Optimus Prime truck. He, he lives there. Um, and in, the, in one of those movies, Optimus Prime stands there and, he's, and he calls out to all the other Autobots in the universe, okay? And he sends this message. You think, yeah, that's dorky sci-fi. Do you know as early as 1974, there, there are uh, the largest radio telescope in the world has been sending out messages to, uh, to planets that are 30,000 light years away. That message takes decades just to get there, and a response would take decades to get back, okay? But let me tell you something. When you, when you reach out to God, when you say, God, 
I'm calling on you right now. I want you to know that that prayer is instantly in his presence. We don't have the technology to communicate between planets in, a, in, a, in an instantaneous fashion. But I'll tell you what, when we reach out to him, the Bible says in the book of Revelation that in the throne room of God, there are golden bowls, and in those bowls is incense, and that incense rises up before God, and that is the prayers of the saints. You want to reach up to God, you've got to begin a life of prayer. You've got to begin to communicate to Him, and when you do, it's right there in His presence. Let me just give you a brief illustration. Um, this was years ago. <clears throat> there, there was a, a young man in our community that I met, um, and somebody told me I had to take him to a concert, and I took him to a, a Christian concert, and he accepted Christ. He was, um, he was a headbanger, um, and that's literal. I mean, they just just thrashed their heads around, and and he he loved heavy metal music. I heard all about Metallica. I learned that the, that Metallica got ripped off at the Grammys. I learned all sorts of stuff from this kid. Um, he he was he he did he did acid, you know, um, and and he he was tripping, you know. He was just he was out there, and he accepted Christ, and um, he invited me to his house and uh, wanted to show me his bedroom like kids do a lot of times. And so I go into his bedroom, and there's, there's pornography all over, all over the walls of his room, okay? And, and I'm like, whoa, hey, I, I, yeah, thanks for showing me your bedroom. And the next morning, um, I was praying. I said, Lord, you see that pornography that's in this kid's room. And you know that if he's going to be able to live for you, that's something that needs, to, that needs to come out of his life. I said, Lord, would you challenge him by your Holy Spirit to take that stuff down? That was about 7.30 in the morning. At about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, my phone rang. And yes, this was back in the old days when you actually had to pick up a phone that was connected to a line. I picked it up, and it was this young man and he said, you know, I was sitting in my room today. And I'm like, I know what you were looking at. And he said, something told me I needed to take those things down. And so I did. How fast do our prayers get into God's presence? How quickly does he begin to operate? I'm telling you, it's, it's instant. So we need to reach up. Next, we need to reach in. Once we've begun to reach up, we need to begin to reach in. That which the world uh, will identify us uh, as believers is the love that we have for one another. And honestly, the church is filled with people who need you to reach into their lives. They might be dealing with divorce the death of a spouse, sickness or disease, rejection, loneliness, trouble with their kids, an unbelieving spouse, the loss of a job, financial trauma, legal issues or addiction. The list goes on and on and on. And the truth is that no matter how much they may need us, they cannot reach out to us and they need us to reach out to them first. In Hebrews chapter 10, 25 
uh, 24 and 25, the writer of Hebrews says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And I want to just, for, for a second, I want to look at that and, and, and encourage you because Paul says to us that we need to look out for the interests of others above ourselves. The he, writer of Hebrews uses that word spur. It even means to offend, to irritate, to incense And we say, well, I don't want to offend anyone. I want everybody to be happy and get along. But that word spur comes from the sense of of a physician talking about someone getting a fever. And have you ever had a fever and all of a sudden you just begin to shake? You just begin to shake all over from that fever. Literally, when we spur one another on, there's a little bit of a shaking that goes on when we reach out to other people. It is a little bit irritating. It is a little bit difficult. But we encourage one another and people should come to the body of Christ and come to this gathering and be encouraged by being together. And if we're ever going to reach greater things, we need to begin right here in the body of Christ. And then finally, we need to reach out. Why? Do we as the church need to reach out? I've shared it with you before. The number one cause of decline in the local church is inward focus. Just just serving ourselves on the inside. We need to reach out. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 and 36, Jesus has been teaching about the the judgment rather to come. And he says this, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and... And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Their response was, Lord, when did we see you as as being hungry or thirsty or a stranger? And Jesus' answer is in verse 40. And he said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So when we reach out to meet the needs of others, we do it as unto Jesus. So why do we reach out? Why do we need greater reach as a church? It's it's not for notoriety. It's not for prestige. It's not for accomplishment. It's not for numbers. It's because our community is filled with people who are in need. Because 30,000 people live within a five-mile radius of us. It's because our community is lost, hell is real, and Jesus is coming back. We cannot leave the responsibility of reaching out to anyone else. We must reach out. I believe that God is calling us as Silver Creek Church, to a greater reach. To first of all, make sure that we're reaching up to God, to make sure that we're reaching into others that are part of the body of Christ, and then also reaching out to those who are in need. Every time we get together and we worship the Lord is an opportunity for us to reach up. Wednesday night, we have our worship night. That's an opportunity for us to reach up. It's an opportunity for us to to connect with God 
as the word of God is preached, that's an opportunity. Hopefully you, you grabbed one of the, um, the uh, greater things uh, devotionals. That's an opportunity to reach up. We, and we don't, we don't need those opportunities. We can do it any day that we want, at any time we want. We can reach out to him. Reaching in, every time we get together, there's that opportunity for us to reach into one another. We're going to have an opportunity in just the next couple of weeks through Operation Winterware. We can reach out to our community. In November, we'll do another Feeding America. That's an opportunity to reach out. But let's be a church of greater reach. And I'm not saying that we're perfect on any one of these. And, and I know that we're not. And there is introspection and there's, there's inward looking that all of us need to do in every one of these areas. And ask ourselves, am I, God, am I reaching up the way I should? Am I, am I reaching in the way I should? Am I reaching out the way I should? And so there's, there's work for us to do. There's work for us to do. And, and you know, as we, we, we talk and we've been talking about um, this, this, this sanctuary expansion project that God has, has called us to and has put before us, we're not saying that we're perfect. We're not saying, God, we've got it all together, so we're ready to take this next step. We're saying, God, walk with us as we continue to reach up to you. Walk with us as we continue to reach in to one another. Call, I, walk with us as we continue to reach out to our community. My prayer is that as a church, that we will consistently develop greater reach. This morning as I was just going over my notes and just in final preparation, I thought, you know, Lord, Reach up, reach in, and reach out. Those six simple words, those could characterize our mission as a church. Not just for the next year, the next two years, the next three years, but, but literally until Jesus comes back. Those words can guide us those words can be the words that will keep us on track as a church. To reach up, to reach in, and to reach out. As we move forward as a church, I pray that those will be the words that characterize us. I'm going to invite you to stand with me all across this place and just bow your heads for a moment. This morning, I have just a, a burden for anyone that's here that says, you know, Pastor, I'm really struggling as I'm reaching up. I want to reach up to him. Maybe there's times that you feel like you can, but, but you are struggling to reach up in your relationship with God. Maybe it's that you've never been able to admit that that, that you're a sinner, that, that you need God. Maybe you're still struggling, wanting to be able to do everything yourself and, and get everything in life the way you want it to be under your own power. 
Maybe it's that you've just never submitted to God. But whatever that is today, I believe that God desires to touch your heart. I mentioned Revelation chapter 3 earlier that Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. I believe that when we reach for that door, that doorknob to open that door, we're reaching up to God. So this morning, if you're here, I'm just going to invite everybody to have their heads bowed, their eyes closed. Say, Pastor, I, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell you that I'm struggling to reach up to God. I'm struggling to connect with Him. And today, more than anything else, that's what I desire to do. I desire to connect with God. I want to reach out to Him today in a way that I never have. And I believe that that's what God wants for me. If that's you, just slip your hand up so that I can pray for you. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. Several hands. You can put them down. Father, I thank you for these hands that are raised this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving by your Holy Spirit, that there is a a calling, Lord. There is a, a wooing that's taking place. Father, I pray, Lord, that, that right now that you will bring that, that sense that they have for wanting to reach and connect with you, that you will bring that, Lord, to a, a place where they know that they have connected with God.